0: we just thank you for this time God we thank you for the opportunity to be here and to worship you Lord and we thank you for leading us to the throne this morning and God we just ask you to bless us this morning as we dive into your word we are excited to hear what you have for us God in Jesus name amen you guys go ahead and have a seat let's let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning amen I think we can do better than that come on let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning there we go nothing wrong with worshiping Jesus uh, in the church, is there? Amen, amen. Well, we're excited uh, to be here. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, Guys, the year's almost over. You guys excited about that? Doesn't sound like it at all, by any means. (laughs) I guess 2019 wasn't a very exciting year for you at all, by any means, huh? Well, we've got some things we're going to chat about today, but, you know, one of the things that I do really want to emphasize as we communicate today, as we open God's Word, as we dig in, is that there's nothing more exciting than knowing Jesus. Amen? And, and every day we wake up, we should be waking up saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me breath. Amen? Which means we should be fired up every morning when we wake up, right? <laughs> Unless you have a dog kicking you in the side, a baby slapping you in the face, or <laughs> uh, you got restless legs. I mean, it's, it's all kinds of things. now. <laughs> But the fact that we have breath and we're here this morning, and we know we have brothers and sisters who are traveling with family, obviously. But the the point is, is that um, we, we got another day. We got another day to see God move. We got another day to see God move forward, and, and that's really exciting. I love Pastor Chris was just saying that there's just so much excitement. We're we're excited to see what God is going to do. And, and I'll be honest with you, excitement is fleeting, right? We could all leave here and be just like, whatever, this is dumb, right? But but the fact that we can see what Jesus has done thus far. And see where he's going Is is just incredible and and i'm excited to see that and and, and I know 2019 for, for our family has just been uh, A challenging year number one uh, But also a very exciting one. We've seen some healing take place in our family We've seen some life change. We've seen some really exciting things Molly and I have had an opportunity to to be accepted and blessed to to be here with you guys and and worship with you So we're we're really excited about 2020 and we're excited to see where that's going to go and and what god's going to do and how he's going to move and my challenge for you is there are three days left in this year. So let's finish out the year strong, right? Let's see God move. Let's see God do some incredible things. Maybe there's somebody that you've been praying for, for healing, for salvation. Maybe it's, it's marriage issues. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's children who've left the nest. Whatever that is, stick strong because God can still move. He can still do really incredible and mighty things. And though 2019 is almost done, We've got 2020 before us, and there's some really incredible things that are laid out there before us. So I'm going to pray, because I love just praying to get us started, to get us going, and just ask God to bless us, and to challenge us, and, and to see what he does, and see how he moves. So let's pray, and let's do that. Lord, we love you. God, I just ask you to, to give us wisdom, to give us discernment, Lord, and, and to challenge us today. Lord, I pray you just give me the words to speak as I have the opportunity and the blessing to stand here and to share your word and I pray Lord that it goes forth and I know it won't come back void and I know that you will make an impact whether that's today or that's in the future God because we know if we sow you'll reap and there's a great harvest there Lord and we thank you for that and I pray over our people who are here today I thank you for their willingness to step up and step out to be here today God and to be challenged and to create community to have a place for those who are lost, those who are seeking, those who have lost their way, those who are, have no idea what's going on, Lord, that they have made a place for them to come. And they create this body, Lord, and I thank you for that. And God, I ask you to bless us, take care of us. We love you, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You know, it's really exciting to be a part of Skycrest Church and to be a part of this corner. You know, we've been here six, eight months, and it's just been cool to see all the different things that have taken place. We've Gone to target and 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 helped kids buy items that they normally wouldn't be able to get We've collected presents and taken it to skycrest elementary and delivered them to the teachers We've taken care of women who are stuck in 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 a lifestyle that we know they don't want to be in But it's the only way they think they can make a life It's just cool to be a part of a, a group of people who want to see god move Who want to see god do something great and something powerful and we're excited to look ahead to the next year And I can already see now all the people's lives that are going to be impacted. And I hope you can too. I hope you can see those people that work around you, that live in your household. Those people that you see every day when you drive to work, you look to your left, to your right. At some point, you kind of start seeing the same people every day. That you pray for them. That God will move in their life. He'll do something mighty. He'll do something great. Maybe they don't know Jesus. Maybe they do. Maybe their world's been flipped upside down. I hope you can see what God is doing. I hope you can see the movement that he's laying out there. It's great to be a member of this body, to be an attender of this church. And I pray that for 2020, what you do is you continue to pray for Jesus to keep moving. And people's lives to continue to be radically changed. Whether that's all the way from a preschooler to an 80-year-old. But God would do some amazing and mighty things. That's my challenge for us today as we dive into his word. If you've got your Bibles, open the first uh, Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to be digging through, digging through that, and, and I'm excited to dive in there. And one of the things that I want to tackle as you're getting there is around this time of year, people start thinking about different things, right? They start thinking about the memories of the past year, the past years. They, they start thinking about the resolutions, Right? How many of you guys have resolutions? You're ready, you're in step, you're ready to go, ready to move forward. Okay, awesome. How many of you are going to complete them at least the first week? (laughs) Praise the Lord, right? If you're a gym owner right now, now you're really fired up and excited. But outside of that, people are making decisions to change their life. They're doing things to, to move in a different direction. Maybe it's football playoffs. What about the two games last night, huh? Yeah, okay. Any LSU fans in here? One. Praise the Lord. Clemson's? Yeah, hey, okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Awesome. SEC is just dominant, but that's okay. Um, maybe it's playoffs. Maybe it's, it's, it's the NFL. I, I, I don't know. People at this time in, in the season, they, they tend to start thinking about new beginnings and what they can do to put their lives in a different position in the future. What can they do to put their lives in a in a different place. And the truth is, there's a great quote out there that says that many good plans die in the land of good intentions. We all may have really good plans for 2020. We all may have really good ideas and resolutions and tasks that we want to complete in 2020. But if we don't have a plan to execute them, they're all really good ideas. And that even takes effect to our spiritual life. Be thinking a little bit about your spiritual life over 2019. Are you where you wanted to be with the last three days of the year set before you? Have you either talked to as many people as you wanted to about Jesus? Have you grown as much as you wanted to? Did you get through the Bible plan you wanted to? Have you focused more emphasis on creating family time in God's word? Have you achieved what you were looking for in God's word in your spiritual life in 2019? And what does that look like moving into 2020? I want to tackle a couple things as we move forward what happened in 2019 some things we may have forgotten notre dream the notre dame cathedral caught fire this year sad um some really strange people thought it would be a good idea to uh, bombard area 51 i don't really know what that was all about um doesn't seem like a good idea to to try to overrun an american base sounds like a bad idea to me uh Maybe it was uh, the fact that the Amazon rainforest caught fire this year. Burned millions and millions of miles of rainforest. Do you know that this year the first real picture of a black hole was given to us? Like we've had drawn up images of it, but a true image of what a black hole looks like was given to us this year. That's crazy. Obviously, the Avengers, if you're a movie fan, we had Avengers Endgame this year, yeah? The U.S. women's soccer team won the World Cup this year. Praise the Lord. We get those men on track, we'll be in good shape. (laughs) You know, there's been so many things that have happened in 2019, but you know what's even crazier about that? that? That, yo, we are ending a year. We're also ending a decade. A decade. Some of you are like, I I was six. What are you talking about? (laughs) A lot has changed in a decade. Our world has changed. Technology has changed. Churches change. People change. A decade ago, I was just starting ministry. A decade is a long time. So we're not only looking at the end of a year and preparing for another year, but we are ending a decade and preparing for the next 10 years. You know, the thing I love about God is that he is a God of time, of longevity, of running a long race. He's not a short-term God. He's a long-term God. So not only are you looking at the past year, but what are you doing to look at the past decade? And what can you do to look forward to the past, the next year, and into the next decade? A lot of things can take place in a decade. A lot of changes are before us in the next decade. Materialism is awesome. That's great. But spiritually is what we care about. Because everything that happens in the spiritual realm affects the physical realm. So what are we doing today to prepare for tomorrow? Not just the year, but the decade that's before us. What's beautiful is that the God that we worship is a God of new beginnings. He he is a God of restarts. So maybe you didn't achieve what you were looking for in this past year, this past decade. The beautiful thing is that today we can restart. We're going to lay the foundation today of of discipline in our spiritual life. We're going to lay the foundation today of, of what it takes and what we should do. And though maybe we are consistent in certain areas of our life, what do we need to do to change those consistencies? Repetition is great, but sometimes it gets stale. Sometimes it gets old. And I'm excited to move through with you on that today. And the truth is, is that we should approach our relationship with Jesus in that format. That every day is renewed. Every day is a new opportunity to move forward. Every day is a new opportunity to see a change.
1: That every day when we
0: wake up, we get a new breath. And that's a new life. And that's a new opportunity to see somebody's life change, to see ours change, to make an impact, to see somebody else go in a direction to do something for God that they have never done before. So let's dig in. Let's see what God has for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. We're going to read through it here. And it says, the need for self-discipline. Verse 24 says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only, the, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. That will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 26 says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. See, we're running a race in our lives. For us, sometimes life may seem to be an eternity, right? Especially when we're young, we can remember the days when we thought, oh my goodness, 40 is so old. Some of you are laughing, right? Yeah. Now you're 40, you're saying, oh my goodness, 80 is so old. (laughs) Life is a race, it's a journey. It's a marathon. But sometimes we don't run it like a marathon. We don't invest what is required to achieve the success that God has called us to in our life. And it's just a beautiful thing to see, even in this word here, it says, you do not know, don't you know that, all, that, that in all races, all the runners run? Do you not know that in a race, sorry, all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. How many of you guys have ever done like a 5K or a 26K or anything like that? Okay, awesome. I did 16 years of soccer. I ran enough forever. <laughs> I don't even know why. Sometimes I don't understand why we were running. I was like, why are we doing this? Everybody goes to that race to run. They go to that race to achieve something. They go to that race to accomplish the goal. They're they're moving in a direction they want to go. And you know what? In those races, everybody has their own pace, right? You see some people just take off and fly forward, and they're moving quick. And you see some people who are just, hey, they're trotting along, right? They're making it happen. We all are on different races. We're all running the race, every single one of us. In this world, in the physical world, when we want a race, we're running it to to achieve one prize. One person's there to win that race. But in the spiritual world it's different. We have to run in such a way as to get the prize. See, some of us are running aimlessly in our lives. We're running around distracted and, and, and not sure exactly the direction we're supposed to go. And, and the reality is, is that the world is, is broken and, and there's depravity. And, and we're just trying our best to like juggle everything and keep it together and, and not let other people know that we're juggling it and trying to keep it together. And we're, we're trying to run this race without properly preparing for it on a regular basis. See, a person who wins a marathon doesn't just wake up one morning and go, that's it, I'm going to win the marathon. Probably for years before that marathon, at least a year before that marathon, they're waking up every day at 4.30 in the morning and they're drinking a glass of water and they're hitting the road and they're running. And every day they're making little strides to go a little bit further and a little bit further and do a little bit more. And and then they're consuming food that's going to properly fuel their bodies to do a little bit more and do a little bit better and run a little bit harder and push themselves to the next level. And they're constantly surrounding themselves around other people who are doing the same task who are moving forward a little bit and chasing the dream that they have. See, we as believers, we have that same rest run before us. Every day we need to wake up and we need to train a little bit harder than we did the other day. And every day we need to fuel ourselves with God's word to give us the fuel to get through that day. And then we need to surround ourselves around other people who love Jesus and know Jesus and are willing to challenge us in Jesus every day. And I love in that word there, it says, the prize that's being referred to, and and this is really crazy, the prize that's referred to here uh, is a prize of life change that's to come. Specifically about the resurrection of the dead and the presence of Christ Jesus. See, we're running this race and bringing other people along with us. We have to prepare ourselves for that race because what's at the end of it? Well, it's eternity with Jesus. Amen? I mean, that's what we're running this for, right? We're running this race to know who God is, to to understand his word better, to have a better idea of who he is, to be more like his son Jesus. That's what we're doing. There's a task and a reason to be running this race. Not everyone's going to win in everything, especially when it comes to life. But we're to run as if we're winning verse 25 says everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever you know this idea of going into strict training i just talked about a little bit if you're going to run that race you're going to put yourself in a position to win by doing what it takes to get to the win The wind is preparing behind you. It's preparing on a daily basis. It's putting yourself in a position to prepare. It communicates discipline, which is a necessity for being a minister of the gospel. See, we're saints of Christ, and our responsibility is to love people and to show people who Jesus is. But how do we do that if we don't know Jesus? And I don't mean just like, oh, that guy who hung on the cross? Yeah, I know that guy. No, I mean a deep, intimate relationship with him. The ability to know his word. The ability to to fight off the evil that you see coming your direction by by having the word locked in your heart. the, The ability to move your life and bring others with you. We understand that and we know that by discipline in our lives. Being willing to do whatever it takes to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That takes strict discipline. That takes training. Paul was willing to do whatever it took to proclaim that good news. Whatever it took. The good news of Christ's salvation. That's that's our duty. That's our responsibility. This definition of, of discipline is to train oneself to do something in a controlled in habitual way. Controlled is such a key factor there. Our pursuit in Christ is not aimless running. Our pursuit in Christ is not just living whimsically as we want. We're living in a war. We'll talk about that in a bit. But we're living in such a fashion in this world where we're fighting in the spiritual realm every day it's our responsibility to be ready to go to battle. And I love how Paul talks about that idea of we need to go into strict training in order to achieve that. Proverbs 4.23 says it very clearly. It says, above all else, guard your heart. How many of us can say on a daily basis we are guarding our hearts? That we are not putting ourselves in a position that could cause us to be unguarded? Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, there I, I was a time that I knew an older gentleman, that man. He would say, all i got to do is be around you for 10 minutes, and I know what's in your heart. And I was, what are you talking about? Now that I've gotten older, I understand what he was saying. See, when you get somebody in their natural state, they'll give you their heart. But what are we doing to guard that? What are we doing to guard our hearts from what's coming on from the outside and coming on to the inside? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. All of these take practice. All of these take discipline. They all take the ability to say, hey, I need training to understand how to do this, to achieve that as I run the race there. As I move into the direction to know who Jesus is. We have to do our best to present ourselves to God as one who is approved. Does that mean that works gets us salvation? Not at all. But once we've accepted Jesus, we now have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to demonstrate who Christ is. The second part of 25 there says, uh, they get a crown that is fleeting. You know, as I was doing some research and looking into this, it's, it's really interesting that the winners of these races, they would get a, a crown that was a leaf. It was like made out of leaves. It was a, a circular crown that had leaves on it. They put themselves through all of that running, all of that torture, all of that to, to get a crown of leaves. To me, that's not worth it, but I, I don't know who I am. I guess uh, looking for some money or <laughs> maybe gold. <laughs> they would put all of that strict effort into winning a crown of leaves. That was fleeting. How much more effort would we want to put in when it comes, comes to running the race for Jesus? We're talking about eternity. We're talking about our family members in eternity, our co-workers, our friends. See, our lives are not just ours, they're ours to share. See, they may have been running for a crown of leaves, but we're running for eternity, a gift. It's beautiful to see that gift, eternal life, and it's our responsibility to, to share that, to to help other people understand who that is and what that is. And that's so amazing to be able to see that. Verse 26 very clearly, very plainly says, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. We've talked about this. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. A boxer's goal is to have blows. It's to create a stance, it's to train, to, to snap. Speed and power is what a boxer is looking for. They want to be quick in a jab and make an impact. So just boxing the air is is useless. That's why they put bags there. They want to feel it. They want to have the pressure there. And I love how we talk about this idea that there's so much more to life than just whimsicalness. There's, There's a goal. There's a task. And we're battling. We're fighting. We have to run with purpose, not aimlessly. So as we move into 2020, what, what are some of the goals you've laid before yourself spiritually? What are some things that you've laid down for yourself to say, hey, it's time for me to move into this direction? To go into a manner that I'm going to grow spiritually. That I want to lay that foundation to say, hey, discipline is what I need. It is the direction that I need to move in. It is time to cut out things and fluff Or make time to grow. Make time to be challenged. Make time to to know Jesus better, to know Jesus more. Verse 27 says this. No, I strike a blow to my body and to make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the praise. Paul's not talking about self-abuse here. He's talking about putting his physical body in control. Those are the, the aimless desires. Those are the, the wants that, that may cause us to stumble in our discipline of who Jesus is or cause us to, to step back and to walk away from who Christ is or maybe to, to be confused and to set what we know we should do aside because of the desires of the flesh. And he talks about that. He's exercising self-discipline to prove himself because he knows he's going to have to endure hardship. Training is not simplistic, it's not easy, it's meant to be miserable, (laughs) unfortunately. Does that mean life is miserable? No. But there may be times that God calls us to do things that are are, are not the sweetest things in the world. You know, what's really cool about Skycrest and the fact that we take a big desire in, in helping families and helping those who are less fortunate. And and physically doing that, I don't mean just materialistically, like we physically send people to places to pray and to talk and to build relationships. We we physically put ourselves in a position, even within our own community here, we we come together once a month as a community to, to put together physical bags for children to have food over the weekend. We live in America. There's plenty. But yet, we still have to come together to put grocery bags of food together for children. We physically do that. That, That's a part of the world that we live in. So, we have to realize that there's self discipline as we have to grow spiritually. We have to set certain tasks before us and goals to achieve what we're looking for. We have to allow ourselves to be in a position to know. That there are sometimes that we've got to put our lives in control. A lot of that comes from confidence. And the more action you take in your faith, the more confidence you develop in your faith. Confidence is earned. The more you pick up the word, the more confident you become in it. The more confident you become in the word, the more action you take. The more action you take, the more confidence you grow. The more training you have. You can remember back when the first time you ever rode a bike, you had training wheels, right? You're probably scared, freaking out, terrified to ride that bike. Then you got on it, you wobbled a little bit, you began to pedal. There we go. I got it. As you're pedaling, you're gaining confidence. As you're gaining confidence, you become more comfortable with it. Then before you know it, you're saying, take the wheels off. Take the training wheels off. Then you ride a couple times. You're wobbly. You fall over You skin a knee, but you don't stop. You Get back up. You continue to ride it. And now what has happened, even after 25, 30 years of not riding a bike, you could go jump on one and a couple pedals, you've got it down, right? You've got to figure it figured out. See, it's training. It, it took discipline. It, it took you doing it. It took you challenging yourself and putting yourself in a position to consistently put effort into it. God has given us this understanding through the Holy Spirit. See, what we have to do is develop confidence, and what we need to do is stop listening to what the world is telling us. See, the world tells us that Christians are hippies and that we're insensitive, that we're soft. We have confidence issues in who Jesus is. See, the world tells us that as Christians, we're the ones that are not all put together. And the reality is that we, we, we have it understood. We, we, we have the gaps filled. We understand what the difference is because I, I don't know about you, but the Jesus that I follow is coming as a warrior. He, he's coming on a horse. He's got words coming out of his mouth like swords. He's got legions of angels with him. He, I don't see a soft hippie there. That's not the God that I follow. That's not the God that that I worship. Yes, his first mission was a success. And yes, he was loving and he was caring and he was kind. But he was bold. He stood before the the religious elite. He, He stood up for God. He went into a temple and he flipped tables over. He chased people out who were abusing it, defacing it. The God that I worship, the Jesus that I follow, it wasn't a wimply guy. He was willing to lay his own life down for God, for you, for me, to have the ability to have a relationship with him. We need to take confidence in that. And who he is and, and what he's done for us. We've got to stop listening to their lies. We've got to understand that practice creates confidence in who Jesus is. And I know that some of what I'm saying may be confusing and for yourself and, and, and hard to understand, but the reality and the truth is this. Ephesians 6, 12 tells, us, it's 12 tells us, it's very obvious, for our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Guys, we're, we're fighting a war every single day. Every day. Physically, we may not necessarily see it taking place, but it's taking place. I had somebody tell me one time that that everything physical impacts the spiritual and that everything spiritual impacts the physical. And that if you have enough confidence in in who Christ is, you begin to realize that. So when you see some type of battle take place, whether it's at work or in the family or with a relationship or with a child or whatever it is, that, that you know that When you see the physical demonstration of that, there's probably a spiritual demonstration connected with it. And that we have to have the confidence to run the race to understand what that looks like. See, we've got to stop looking at just the physical realm because the gauge for that is off. But we understand that by developing confidence and experience in who Jesus is. The perfect example, I think, of somebody who's trained hard and who's put themselves out there is is Michael Jordan, right? Talk about a guy that went through a lot. And whether you agree or not, probably one of the greatest basketball players that's ever lived. The guy's done so much. He's been through so much. First, he was cut from his high school basketball varsity team. He was not good enough yet. He admitted to locking himself in his room and crying. He was considered an average player in college. Then he had the bad boys of the 90s, which was the Detroit Pistons. There was a huge hump for MJ. He had to get over that in order to win his first championship. He had to put on more weight, more muscle in order to sustain against injuries and becoming, so he could become even more competitive. He didn't really have much of a three-point game early in his career. He was more known as a dunker and a mid-range shooter. His, his dad was murdered, which led him to retire from the game for a while. He had to come, overcome doubters who, who didn't think he would ever win another championship after losing in the playoffs in his return. But look at Jordan today. And one of probably the greatest players in the whole world. He, he put the consistency in. He developed confidence in the game. He understood it. Do we understand what God has called us to do in our own life? Do we understand what God has called us to do in our sphere of influence? We all have a little community that's our responsibility. Do we have confidence in delivering? See, what changed for him is that training created experience, which then created confidence. And we're no different. See, the more training we do in understanding God's word and praying and putting ourselves around people gives us the ability to have experiences because we're going to put ourselves in positions that's going to challenge us spiritually. And as we are challenged spiritually, and whether we win or we fail, so we think, it puts us in a position to create confidence in who Jesus is. That faith takes training. It's it's not just in the physical realm, but it's in the spiritual one. And and I know that this year is ending, 2019's over, and some amazing things have happened, and we've seen some tragedies in the world. But forget about the world. What about you spiritually? What about you as an individual? What do you see 2020 as for you? What are the changes you want to make? And I would encourage you, not just to make a fleeting New Year's resolution, but make a commitment to create continuity and consistency in your life. I know for me, 2019, the biggest challenge I had was was actively chasing the discipline. I needed to wake up every day and say, I am going to discipline myself to chase Jesus. I am going to make that happen. What decisions have you made to say, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to put it on my fridge, in my car, whatever it is. For 2020 to be the year that you create consistency in your faith. Because let me tell you what, there's a mighty harvest out there. I see a great blessing coming. But are we ready? Are you ready? Are we ready to receive what God's going to give us in 2020? whether that's personal or whether it's as as a church. Three key things, and we'll wrap up. First, we need to reevaluate everything we do with spiritual discipline. You need to ask yourself, why do I do this? Why do I do it? Do you do it because you were told to? Or because you have an honest desire to grow in who Jesus is and who God is to, to deepen your relationship with God? Number two, ask yourself, why do I do it this way? Maybe it's the way you pray. Maybe it's the way you read to the Bible. Maybe it's the way you study the Bible. Why do I do it this way? See, we can't expect something unless we are inspecting something. And yes, we may lay a foundation for what we want to see in 2020, but are we inspecting what we're doing to achieve what we want to see take place? It's a new decade. It's a a new year. Secondly, it's rearrange your patterns and habits in those areas. Like I said before, doing the same mundane thing over and over and over again becomes boring and old, and that happens in our faith all the time. God is such a refreshing God. He's a renewing God. He is a God who refreshes us and renews us. Thirdly, renew. Maybe you need to renew your commitment to doing those things that are going to genuinely expose you to more of God's wisdom and to his love. You know, Galatians 2.20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in, in the body, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Maybe write that verse out and stick it somewhere you can see it every morning. To realize that our life is not ours, but it's God's. And lastly, as we wrap up, I want to challenge you to finish this year well. How do you do that? By praying and asking God to give you the direction and the wisdom to reevaluate, to rearrange, and to renew your life for 2020. What consistency needs to be laid there for you as you chase him? Last Bible verse and we'll close. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's us. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We all have a race we running. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. See, it's not just about simple things. It's about the fact that God literally, Jesus literally gave everything up to give us the ability to know who he is better. I want to challenge you with that in 2020. Renew, renew your spirit and who Christ is. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we just thank you so much, Father, for giving us the ability to just chase you. And and you know what, God, I I thank you for being a God who who allows us to renew daily. And that we come and, and die to self. And that we can build confidence in, in what Jesus has done in that cross for us, Lord, because and because you, you allowed him to give it all. And I just pray that, that as we leave today, that we be challenged to make some real hard decisions to make 2020 a different year for us spiritually, to begin to lay the foundation of, of being consistent and, and training our spiritual lives, creating experiences where we can grow in our confidence in who you are which will create us to be bold Lord because we want to prepare our hearts and who we are for what you're going to deliver, the blessing you're going to give and Lord there are people that are outside of this corner that are seeking and searching and looking Lord and we want to prepare ourselves to accept them as they come here and God I just thank you for giving us the ability to do that and to come to you today and Lord we just ask that you bless us you take care of us and you challenge us God, we're excited to see what you're going to do in the future. In Jesus' name.